Greetings, folks, and welcome to episode 119 of the Far by Metal podcast. I'm your host and guide on this metal journey, Daniel Cordova. We will soon return to the normal formatted episodes of a guest, a first band, and a band recommendation next time. But I wanted to have one more one-on-one with an artist I've wanted to have on this program for a very long time, in Che Amidorval. Che is a name you may know if you're a Devin Townsend fan. She was on the album Key, she was on Empath, and she's the other half of the Casualties of Cool. Outside of Devin's stuff, she of course has her own incredible solo career, and as of this episode's release, last week she dropped her new album, The Crown. It is absolutely fantastic, and I wanted to have her on the show to talk about working with Bob Rock on that album, the various things that have influenced that album, her future plans around it, and other stuff including her cover of Strapping Young Lads almost again. So before we dive into my chat with Che Amid here is some of the track Loveless from The Crown. So I want to first start off this uh, chat. First off, welcome to Far Beyond Metal. Uh, you're somebody I've wanted to have on for a long time. Um, I first introduced to your music through Devin, so it's all kind of coming together in a weird way. And I want to start by uh, first kind of apologizing, but also um, <laughs> happy birthday. Uh, I saw your post today. Oh. I, don't, I don't know if part of your goal is to do press on your birthday, but... Uh, it's not, but oh, why not? Anyway. You know what a day is anyways. Thank you. That's of course. really sweet. Thank you. <laughs> uh, your Instagram post said you're not usually a birthday person, but uh, you, you were feeling it this year. Uh, why? Why? Is it because of the album or is it just because of life's good right now? I think it's all of it. But yeah, mostly mostly the album. I'm, I'm feeling very like, I don't know, motivated and happy and optimistic. And January is generally, I don't, where are you? Are you in LA right now? No, I'm in the greater Sacramento area in a town called Davis. So, okay. North. Well, between. Anyway, yes. Yeah, but still like less rainy and cold and awful than here, I'm assuming. Not lately, no. We've gotten those sweet uh, bomb cyclones and stuff that just kind of wrapped up. So we're we're good now, but it's not supposed to flood here, but it was. Yeah, that's that's fucking crazy. Okay, well, normal years. Yes, of course. It's really in January in Vancouver, so I just like forget about my birthday until the summer. But it's kind of I don't know. I just feel good. <laughs> and uh, the the album we mentioned, The Crown, came out last Friday. It's it's fantastic. I I really do love it so much. Um, and I, I guess my first question is kind of a cheesy question: Who are the titular crowned? Who who are the crowned? Um, I think we should all be the crowned, you know, that's, I think that's the point. I think there have been many or actually a few crowned and I think we should all just take our own and just stand together. So the crown is sort of celebrating people in general, just being equal, happy souls. 
And I, I very, I find it very rare when artists will put certain limits on sounds they're going to try to create on an album or a song or whatever. And this album mm -hmm. really sounds like you're trying to do everything. Um, you're trying all sorts of sounds that you maybe didn't try in the past. Um, and they all, they all work really well and they're all like really cool and interesting together. Uh, what are some sort of like new techniques or sounds that you hadn't done before that you tried to do with the ground? Um, I guess I've always stayed away from, um, the electronic sound and the keyboards and, you know, just, it's, it's a world of sounds that it seems overwhelming to dive into and and this time I just I had a lot of time I had a lot of curiosity I mean COVID stopped the world for two years so I just had fun and experimented and meeting people like Diego Tejeda and Olivier Martin who are already in like deep into that world it just kind of it just kind of happened it just yeah it was the perfect storm of just experimentation it's funny you mentioned Diego, because when I ask this question, I kind of think about keyboard players specifically, because with a keyboard player, keyboard or a synthesizer, you kind of have every single sound you can imagine at your fingertips. Yeah. And there's sort yeah. of a, a, a paralysis of choice or something um, where you can do just about anything. So like when you set to do a certain song, did you find the sound started in your head in one way and just wound up in a completely new place when the song was over? And was part of you excited about that or were you a little disappointed or you get to try again or something? Yeah. Um, I think, I think the point, I think I never expect a song to go anywhere. So I'm never quite surprised and wherever it lands, it lands. So you know, I'll start a song with like some weird like keyboard riff or like a guitar part, but that's just sort of the, that's the base to nowhere, you know, like it, there's, there's no direct destination. So yeah, so I'm never disappointed. Um, I'm surprised often and I, I love that. That's, that's the fun of writing, I think. Um, yeah. I don't even know if I answered that question. No, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, it's something I always try to do when I'm writing is like, I have a band in mind where I want to make a song sound like this sort of band, but my own version of it. And by the end, whatever my filter is, makes it sound nothing like Band A, which is probably for the best. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I read that this album was about half produced by Bob Rock and the other half yeah. produced by you. How were your production methods different or how was the process with him different versus doing it yourself and all that? Um, well, it's, it's very, we're very similar. We like to write, um, separately and then bounce things back and forth. So both, like both halves of the album did that with several different people, which was cool. But I think he, he likes to, at the, like at the end, after the demo stage, he likes to go into the studio and then just perfect it together and I was very like I'm not used to that because I I recorded most of the vocals like in this very room and and yeah so so that was interesting that was very interesting and I think I think I might add a bit of that to my own process now because you definitely get better sounds but yeah he's used to like a 
like a more sort of like professional filled environment with like an engineer and like a runner and like all of these things. And that is so beyond me. Like just to have like seven people in the room was like, oh my God, like, who are you folk? Like, what are, <laughs> what are we doing? But, but it's the same when it comes down to the songwriting. It's, I think we're the same. When you're in a room full of a bunch of people, do you find that you are more malleable with your opinion of a song or you still kind of have your own vision that you want to stick to? Because when there's that many people, I almost feel like I'd want to go crowd pleaser. But, you know, I've never been in a studio with Bob yeah. Rock or five other people kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good. Yeah. That is exactly the point, actually. I have a really hard time. Um, I don't have a really hard time sticking true to what I believe like a, a, a song should be. But there is a pressure there because there's so many people around with their own opinions. And at the end of the day, it's just it's mine and Bob's song. So so, yeah, it does. It, it is a bit there is pressure. It's a bit stressful, but I find it's it's a really good exercise and just like standing up for yourself and being confident. And there's something to that. Sure. And I don't know if you ever had a hesitation with Bob specifically, because if you ever butted heads on something, is there a voice in your head that would say, oh, this is the guy that produced the highest selling metal album of all time. Maybe he's got an <laughs> idea, but also this needs this melody. Yeah, no, I, well, I think that, no, I'm, I'm very stubborn Great. and we come from very different, <laughs> we come from very different musical sort of worlds. So while I, man, do I respect him, he is, he's so talented and just, you know, he's, he's exceeded every expectation. He's done so much in his career. While like all of that is true, I haven't really paid attention to, to any, anything in that world really. So if, so in that way, I think we, we kind of meet as equals, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's easier to be like, I, w I want the chorus. Like, I want that. But it's always a discussion between us because it's a, it's a collaboration. Sure. And I haven't found the physical album in my area to like, you know, A, B the songs, look at the credits because I'm one of those weirdo nerds that does that. So when, yeah. when it's like produced by you on your own, produced with him, is that like all the songs are like, I guess in balance of who produced what or like is song x you song x both of the you etc it's sort of it's song x bob song x shay that but it's it's not like half the record half the record they're all sort of going in and out of each other i see which is why it's, i find it's like i mean i don't know can you pick out which one like who did which <sighs> let me see if i can pull up one of the song titles because there there is <laughs> there is a song later in the album that it feels closer to your older material that's a little more sparse yeah it might be is it try <laughs> i want to say try the... yes tries would have been my guess for uh, a you track you got it <laughs> and and it's not just because it's like a little less um i don't know uh, maybe i'm wrong about the songs that would feel bigger more bombastic kind of thing but it, it just does sound like a more traditional song from what I'm used to from you. And Sweet. yeah, no, it definitely is. I actually, it's on, what is it? The quarantine DP I did. So there's like a, it's like a rougher demo of that song. 
and they're very, very different. It's cool. It's cool. The progression of that song. With the songs that are like more produced, I guess, for lack of a better word, or have a lot more instrumentation going on. Do you still feel a connection to your first album being called Underachiever? Because these songs being as big as they are, don't feel like underachievements. They feel, they don't feel like overachievements, of course. They feel like just, you know. Achievements. Yeah. <laughs> um, do I feel? Uh, you still feel like an underachiever in some way, I guess. Yeah, always. I think I always will. Um, I guess that's what pushes me to try, right? Sure. But underachiever, I feel like I was, I feel like I was a little girl who was just like figuring out how to write songs and, and how to get them across and what I wanted to say. So, so maybe, maybe then I wasn't even an underachiever. I was just new, you know, I feel sometimes these days I feel more like an underachiever because I have so many more tools to use. And if I'm not using them, I'm like, what am I doing? Some light imposter syndrome, it sounds like always yeah why not <laughs> add it on to the pile <laughs> uh one thing that struck me about the process of this album you mentioned in december via instagram that you started writing some songs with oliver martin who you met via craigslist uh what was this ad because i'm somebody who has tried to do band stuff via craigslist for years and years and years and yeah. it never worked out i'm in a band now with people i knew in high school who we reconvened yeah. after 15 years so how, how did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I, I was having a rough night and I was bored and it was very, very late. And you know how you just peruse Craigslist with absolutely no hopes or expectations. And he just, he mentioned like three bands that I really loved. And in Vancouver, nobody talks about these bands. And I was like, why not? Why not just meet this random person? This is going to be a disaster. But, but why not? And then it somehow it wasn't. And he is, he's amazing. He's so, he's so talented and he hadn't been writing or like releasing anything. So it was kind of the, the perfect moment. I think it was his first Craigslist to add or something. And I've never reached out to anyone on Craigslist before. And I've never, well, I'm, I think I posted one back in the day, but yeah, I think it was just one of those meant to be moments, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what were the bands that he highlighted? Not to put you on the spot for that, because you said that people don't talk about them. Well, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I think it was. Oh, it's so typical of me. It was just. It was Portishead, and he mentioned Trip Hop and Massive Attack, and I was like, yes, and that's that's it. It's a good trio. Yeah. They're they're names that come up a lot on here through kind of atypical folks. Well. Potentially, uh, like the Haken guys love Elbow and Portishead and all them. Oh, Elbow, oh, I just discovered Elbow and I'm obsessed. I, they've come up like four times with this podcast, and I keep saying, "Yeah, I'll get to that," and then I just don't. I forget. I feel bad. Where do I start? Oh God, Where did you start? Where do you start? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, because the show is called Far Band Metal, I there's a strapping lad connection always. So, I want to ask about your cover of Almost Again that you did for the Sad Songs uh, for Quarantine Lovers EP. I yeah. have I have a hard time imagining you covering stuff like Satan's Ice Cream Truck or Detox or Aftermath. And, <laughs> you know, it's one of the less, it's still an intense song, but it's not the like chaos exploding sort of strapping songs. How did you land on uh, Almost Again? Um, how is it? 
was it? Oh, right. So was that, that was a part, that was a part of the Indiegogo thing? I believe so. That's, I mean, that's how I got it. Yeah. So, right. So I asked everybody out there to recommend things and there were a bunch of like, almost again, almost again. And I, I never heard it. Um, And then Devin was like, you should probably just do almost again. And yeah. And the thing, the beautiful thing when you, um, when you redo a song, I love to like listen to it like three times. You don't, you still don't really know it and then give it a go. Cause you, you end up with just you like an actual you version of that song rather than trying to recreate something. Your version is one of those things that I could see Dev like kind of doing his own take on the way that like people will cover a cover and the sec the first cover is like the real version sort of deal. Like I've, I've been in a band that covered the alien ant farm version of smooth criminal kind of deal. Um, Yeah. I like, I've seen Dev with an acoustic guitar. I could see him doing his, your version of almost again. And I'd be super rad. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be so I'd watch that. That'd be cool. Uh I was so proud of that one. That was the first um that was the first song I like re- like I produced fully myself and played like most of the instruments and put out there. It was the, I, that very much led to this album, I think. Oh, very cool. Mm. Are you a big strapping fan or metal fan otherwise? No, but I'm like I'm starting to be. I'm I'm slowly getting into that world i definitely appreciate it and the stuff that i've heard when like for instance when they were like check out all these songs i was like wow these are great how have i never heard any of this before but it's not the thing i gravitated to when i was younger so i'm a newbie in this world like the your collaboration with devin has kind of turned a lot of people towards you including myself and when the collaboration started, did you ever imagine that you'd have your own page on Metal Archives? Because you do. You are a oh. figure on there. And also, uh, you no. know, covering the Vanga Boys. Oh, my God. No. Well, that was just the worst. That Devin, like, that guy, I would do that for no one else. It's so funny. He asked me and I was like, yeah, totally, I'll do it. Yeah. And then I just never did. And he kept bugging me and I love him and it turned out great. But fuck the Vanga Boys. But and also... Is it Met? Sorry, what did you say was Metal Archives? Yeah, Metal Archives, aka Metal Ma- Arc- Encyclopedia Metallum, I think. Yeah. Okay, and that's just an encyclopedia of everything metal, and that they have their super- they have their own like picky uh sort of criteria for if somebody can get on there, but because you were on Key and you were on Casualties, you've got a page on there, and uh, it lists everything cool. you've done with him, and if you dabble with other metal bands that'll probably add it as well by someone it's kind of a wikipedia ish oh wow i i don't even have my own wikipedia so i'm glad i have a version of wikipedia is that true i guess that is true usually not real (laughs) (laughs) uh i do remember you your video when the vanga boys cover dropped that you were cringing to your own voice on it was it really that bad? Because I I listen to that that song like every other run I go on because it's so like your version of it because it's so fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like I like our version of it. It was just learning the real version of it, being like I'm gonna have to listen to this a bunch of times. Um, but I like I like what Devin did. It's sad that they wouldn't let. There was a whole thing, right? Like they wouldn't let him 
put it out. Did, wasn't that a thing? Do you remember that? I do. And I didn't really jump on exactly what song it was because I don't recall him pointing out exactly what it was, but something with one of those songs that he did kind of quarantine was supposed to be a B-side on the new album, Lightwork. And it just That's got held up or something. I forget if it was that one or if it was some something with Aqua, which... It was the Aqua one. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't That's catch... Great. I didn't catch that one, I guess. Uh, do you think it'll be another Casualties album? Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that makes me feel happy. Uh, sorry to make the whole second half about him, but like, I was supposed to see you guys on that Empath 2 tour in mm -hmm. March of 2020, and then, you know, everything got shut down mid-tour. <laughs> How was all that for, for you getting, you know, sent home on the road? And it seemed like it could be scary, weird. It was. It was really weird and scary. Um, things that are that extreme when they're not like, I don't know, when it's not so awful, you're not like, you know, imminently in danger are kind of exciting. So there was like a an element of adventure to it. I think because at that point we didn't know how bad it was going to get to. So it was super depressing having to cancel all those shows because I was having the time of my life. But it's kind of a, a weird magical moment as well. You know, I remember we were all, we all got called down to the lobby and, and we were just watching the news and Trump was like closing the borders down and we were like, what the fuck? And then within like five minutes, the decision was made like, okay, everyone's going on separate planes and you're going home. And it was, it was just super surreal, but yeah, it was, it's bittersweet. I mean, it's bitter because I wish that had never happened, but the adventure, the feeling of adventure was pretty neat. Okay. And it's safe to assume after three years and three albums from him that Empath 2 isn't going to pick up again? I doubt it. Okay. Fair I don't enough. know. <laughs> um, one thing that I kind of want to like ask about that's dumb, um, but... The, nothing's dumb watch, nothing's dumb. watch this <laughs> uh you know the theory uh or the idea of Chekhov's gun when it comes to plays and alt theater and whatnot where if there's mm -hmm. a gun in one act you have to use it in the second act with that in mind is there going to be a volume two from you at some point whether that be an ep or an album because you have something called volume one and then it just yeah, feels yeah. like a unfinished thing because how can you have a one yeah. without more that's a, it's not a dumb question. That's a very reasonable question. Yes. And I think it would be so me to just never have a volume two. Okay. I maybe, but <laughs> I, I forgot I had a volume one and that's how bad it is. Not, not volume one, but just my mind. Sure. So <laughs> maybe. So to wrap this, <laughs> this all up and get you back to whatever birthday stuff you've got going on. Um, at the end of 2022, you posted about releasing music videos, getting signed to a label, holding a spider in 2023 what sort of animals are you hoping to hold this year and uh what <laughs> other goals do you have love this question um i would really like to like cuddle a horse you know i don't want to ride a horse it seems presumptuous like you can't ask it it seems weird like i'm gonna get on top of you and just make you go places so i'd like to just hang out with a horse and then maybe hold another spider it just yeah this is going to sound crazy, Hell but yeah. because it was so furry and it was so fucking big, it just felt like a fucking, it felt like a bunny. It just felt like an, like an animal, you know, like 
it didn't make any sense that it would be in the insect world. So I'd like to hold another one of those. I, I would like to say cuddling a horse seems very doable, maybe easier than, yeah. a, than, a, than a big spider. So <laughs> I have faith in you this year. Thank you. I, me too. Good job. <laughs> Alrighty, well, like I've already said, I, I love The Crowned. I think it's an incredible album. I'm going to keep trying to find a big vinyl of it around here, or I might just figure it out online. Um, if you ever come stateside, I'd love to attend said show. I don't know if you have plans for that. Do you have plans for that? What are the big plans? Big plans. Um, there are, yeah, there are lots of big plans. There oh, are yeah. lots of touring plans for once, which I'm very excited about. So Very cool. I can't tell you when, but stay tuned plans all right well thank you so much for talking to me today and the great music and everything uh and you have a good rest of your day me too thank you so much for this and thank you for the birthday hat of course it's, one it's more great. of these uh <laughs> i'm bummed it doesn't honk i does it not make a noise no it doesn't it just kind of makes the paper hmm. well that's a disappointment <laughs> can't have it all, <laughs> all right, well, thank you you have a good one That was a bit of the titular track, The Crowned, from Chayami Dorval's The Crowned. If you want to pick up your copy, you can head to chayamidorval.com or chayamidorval.bandcamp.com, or if you don't want to spell out anything, there will be links in this episode's description, as well as over at farbandmetalpodcast.com. Also, if you're in a band and you want to get on the show, talk to me and all that good stuff, you can also head to farbandmetalpodcast.com. And as always, the theme song is Far Beyond Metal by the band Strapping Young Lad from their album The New Black, courtesy of Century Media Records and Devin Townsend himself. Thank you for listening. A Catbox Production.